Hey, hey, TV's Noah here. Before we get started today, we set up the microphones, and by we I mean I, set up the microphones incorrectly for this episode of Stay Doomed. So unfortunately, I am not mic'd correctly. So I'm a bit echoey and hard to hear. I just wanted to drop this in as an apology. Uh, We do not have time to re-record this episode of Stay Doomed, and it's a shame because I really like this episode of Stay Doomed, and unfortunately the quality of this audio is not the best. So I hope you forgive... I understand if you don't, but please enjoy this episode of Stay Doomed. Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, including some that ran only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. You can do push-ups until I'm done talking. I certainly cannot. (laughs) You can get up. Uh, We are watching Matt Pat's Game Lab, because it is... YouTube Premium Month. Yes, YouTube Red Month, YouTube Original Month. And uh, I was today years old when I learned that YouTube Red and RedTube are not the same thing. Very different. Very different. Yeah, I I was today years old. Yeah. Also, I had to clear my search history. Yeah, you gotta be careful. I found some things I was not planning to find today. Yeah, that's like when you got really big into crustaceans and you tried to go to lobster tube. That was a huge mistake. I don't know what that is, and at this point, it's I'm. Af- another, it's another point. Okay, I was about to say, I don't know what that is, and at this point, I'm afraid to ask. So, before we jump into MatPat's Game Lab, let's talk a little bit about YouTube Red in general. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We've watched very little because <laughs> we've been very busy. Yeah, uh, our other side projects have been extremely demanding. Yes. Uh, and by side projects, I mean my actual job. Yes, that, that side project known as what gives us income to live. <laughs> my career. Um, <laughs> I did do the bonus episode where I played Dota, and I'm, I'm thinking it's too bad to post. It, it might be too bad and too unentertaining to actually post, but I might post it. I don't know. I like the idea of doing like a bonus episode, but we'll see. Yeah, we're hoping that we're going to be able to get a little more Escape the Night in this week. Yeah, Uh-oh. we haven't gotten in any Escape the Night. I did watch the Rob Hubel show, Do You Want to See a Dead Body? It is horrendous. Is it? I was so upset because it. I didn't know what I was getting into. Okay. And it starts with, uh, uh, what's Ben Wyatt's real name? Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Uh, Adam Scott backs out of his driveway and accidentally runs over. Okay, as one does. And he's like, hey, Rob, I'm so sorry. Let me take you to the hospital. And as he's taking him to the hospital, Rob Hubel's like, hey, do you want to see a dead body? Yeah, all right. that's when the the graphic comes up. And I thought it was going to be the story of Rob Hubel and, uh, I keep wanting to say Sean William Scott, Adam Scott. They're very different. Very different. uh, Going on like this weird misadventure. But it turns out it is every episode... Rob Hubel annoys a new celebrity until they see a dead body. I... And then they, like, when they 
find the dead body. It's like a dead uh, paratrooper. Okay. So he's kind of like just hanging in a tree. And he's like, wow, this is crazy. Like, maybe we should, like, do something. And Rob Hubel goes, no, that's not what we do. We just kind of look at it, and then we leave. And then they leave, and then Terry Crews shows up. And it's the same thing with Terry Crews. I was like, how did this run so many episodes? So it's super repetitive. It's very repetitive, and it's supposed to be about, like, the journey they go on to get to the dead body. Okay. But it wasn't especially funny. Everyone's playing themselves and knowing that like none of it's going to matter in the next episode, I had no reason to keep watching it. Okay. It only ran one season. It could have been an episode of Stay Doomed, but I'm not interested enough to watch it unless somebody pays us. <laughs> Woohoo! So that's what's been going on with YouTube Red. Hopefully we'll actually have some damn free time this week. Yeah, we, we had a lot of uh, unexpected projects come up. Yes. And with our job jobs. Yes, and our side projects. And we're just busy folks. And uh, I love that we're in quarantine and we're still like, we're really busy. I feel like I'm busier now. You are. Than, like, because I used to be able to be like, all right, I want to spend a weekend at a convention and like have some fun and do a half hour, hour show. Now I'm just like, we got to keep pushing to stay relevant always. So I don't have time to sit down and watch Cat and something figure things out. I don't know. I tried to pull a YouTube Red show out of the air. And that's what came out of me. Weird city. Uh, in any case, uh, let's get into Pat's Game Lab. And we start by pouring one out. So what are you pouring out this week? What? Uh, that is a odd color. Yeah. So this was my great idea. It is a shot and a half of blue Coruscant, a shot and a half of liquor, 43, a shot and a half of absolute vodka, and a can and a half of Pepsi. Coruscant liquor, absolute Pepsi. I call it the clap and a half. It is very alcoholic. It looks... <laughs> guys, I'm going to tell you. It kind of looks neat. You know what it actually looks like? It looks like the Scotch and the Rocks from Good Game. Yeah, but like, on purpose. <laughs> yeah, like... It's got this weird blue underlayer where the curacao is. Yeah, I guess it, the blue curacao, which I did put in first, it didn't like mix because what happened was I put the blue curacao in first because C, and the next was the liquor forty three, which is very thick. So that probably made like a seal. <laughs> and then I put vodka and Pepsi on top of it. So like, not only is it already very strong. But a lot of the alcohol is not mixed into the drink yet. That's disgusting. So, yeah, maybe maybe I should mix it. Let me see if I can get, like, Ooh. a wang jangler. When you get your wang jangler, can you also get me a paper towel? Yeah. Because I will talk about my drink, and I have just spilled some. <laughs> uh, my drink is called The Overnight Security, because they did an episode that was inspired by Five Nights at Freddy's. 
And it candy. is... Five Nights at Candy. Don't five, get sued. Oh, yeah. Something, whatever. Um, five Nights at Candy. They did uh, an episode based on uh, Charles Entertainment Cheese's spinoffs. Because they're all... I don't... They're all t- ripping off Chuck E. Cheese. Very true. Um, a rat called Charles Entertainment Cheese. Shout out to Funkland. Uh, mine is iced coffee, peanut butter whiskey, and then just a little cream and sugar because I'm not an animal. And then some espresso chocolate chips. The peanut butter is because, like, you know, if you're working an overnight job, you'd pack a lunch. So the peanut butter sandwich. And then you want to conserve your energy. And if you're working the graveyard shift, you're going to want some coffee. Oh, God. You guys hear that? You hear that? Noah is wang jangling it. And the pretty blue tint at the bottom has now turned into a sickening chartreuse. Yeah, it, that's because of the liquor 43 at the bottom. Ugh. Which is my favorite liquor, but... <laughs> oh, God. He just took a spoon of it. And, <laughs> and it, looks, it looks like pond water. <laughs> it really does. Uh, because when you have an entire glass of it, it, it kind of looks almost black. Yeah, it's mostly Pepsi, but a lot of alcohol. Uh, all right, I'm Mine gonna... is one shot of peanut butter whiskey, so I guess I'm going to drive the boat here. Yeah, I might be a bit sloppy. It's Stay Doomed. We, we didn't address this last week, and maybe we should have. But I think it goes without... It should go without saying, but somehow doesn't. Uh, black lives matter. Trans lives matter. Stop being crappy to people. So let's get into Matt Pat's game lab now that I've shut off the air conditioner and we've talked about our drinks and I've wang-jangled it. So the central conceit of the show is that Matt Pat, who is known for game theory and other, you know, film theory, GT Live, few other channels. Yes. He essentially wants to bring video games into the real world and kind of test his own skills and the skills of other uh, famous YouTube gamers. For the last five years, I've made a name for myself overanalyzing video games using real-world science and math. But now, I'm taking it to the next level by throwing some of the world's most popular gamers into the scenarios we play through every day. Will the games stack up to reality? And are gamers as good in real life as they are on screen? Welcome to Game Lab. And every episode has a game that they're using. Yes. And a skill that they're picking up. So the first episode is Mirror's Edge. Yes, and they're going to do parkour. Some hardcore parkour. I liked this because this is also a thing that we have done. Yes, we actually have some knowledge on this. We actually live fairly close to a parkour gym. A ninja warrior gym. Yeah, it's around the corner from where my parents live. Yes. And it's... um. I grew up in the same neighborhood as the owners. Yeah. Like, they they grew up a couple streets away from where I grew up. So we've had birthday parties for Noah there a couple times. Yes, I've, I took a few classes there for a little bit. So, like, I've attempted the salmon ladder. I've gotten up the warped wall. Like, things like that. I have some videos of, of me doing it, which will be this episode's... Uh, stay tuned extra. Do you have any footage of me attempting to do a flip? I don't think so. <laughs> I think I have just footage of me getting up the warped wall. So I was excited because I was like, I know a little bit of this world, so I can kind of like get into this. I can do a flip, but it looks like a penguin going into the sea. Uh, so but this was a nice first episode for us because we kind of knew a little bit about 
parkour and you love Mirror's Edge. I do love Mirror's Edge. Which is the game that inspires this episode. Yes. Now, in this episode and throughout the rest of the series, we will see that he is joined by other gamers. Yes. And in this one, I'm going off of memory. It is someone from Smosh Games. Marie. Marie. And two other people. Flitz and Brian Fisher. Flitz, I believe, is from Smosh, isn't he? So is uh, Marie or Mary. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I feel like they don't refer to her by name that often. No, they usually call her Faith. Yeah. Because she's dressed as Faith for a mirror's edge. Yeah. And when, uh, when we get into the costumes, everyone else is like a costume inspired by... She's in a full-on cosplay. Yes. So this was a lot of fun. They show a parkour expert. Yes. Kind of showing them the ropes of how to do certain things. Yes. This will start a trend of the expert that hates them. Yes. Um, They seem to constantly talk to people who do not want to put up with their gamer BS. We got that mastered, right? Yeah, yeah, check, yeah, yeah check it out. Yeah. Check Boom. that yeah, yeah, out. Wait, 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 slow down. Hold on. That was the easiest move of the day. Relax. Hold on. <laughs> Don't get too excited. Jesus. Hey, wait. He's like done with them essentially the minute one of them opens their mouths. Yeah. He's like, all right, why don't you shut up and listen because I'm going to have you jump off of something high in a moment. Yeah. Like what they're doing is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the parkour expert tries to impart this to them, but doesn't feel like they're taking it seriously. Mm -hmm. And we did this, and they are very serious about safety. Yeah. Because it's so natural to want to just screw around. Mm -hmm. And because I remember when I had a membership at this parkour gym, that they stressed really hard to go to the classes, because there was also just free running day, where you could just go and use the spaces however you want. And they had this big problem of people wouldn't go to the class, go to the free day, the free space, see someone do a flip and go, oh, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do, and then land on their head. Yeah. Uh, When I went to the free running days, I spent two hours straight running into the tall, warped wall and unsuccessfully mounting it for two hours, just running headfirst into a wall. Uh, When I went with... When I went with you, they were very charitable with me because mm-hmm. uh, I was like, I am not athletic. Uh, my body type is Baymax. <laughs> um, I'm I'm white and I'm rotund, mm-hmm. and I I am not fast. I am not fast. <laughs> we went out a window. <laughs> I just want to sit in the corner and pet the cat. Um, so I'm Baymax from Big Hero Six. And they were very patient about teaching me how to do a flip. Yes. Um, they can't help the fact that I still somehow learned incorrectly. <laughs> yes. They become very rigid. And they think it's... And even they were like, why do you look like that? Yes. There's a, a an episode of The Simpsons. We're getting super off base. It's fine. But there's an episode of The Simpsons where they're like, uh, Lisa is a perfect gymnast because of the way she's weighted. And they throw her up into the air and she does a flip without moving. That's how your flip kind of looks. <laughs> I've also been told it looks like I'm just falling forward and then eventually just flip. Yeah. Um, It's a lot of fun, but they're very, but what I'm, the thesis here. Yeah. Parkour experts are usually very patient with adult learners, Mm -hmm. in my experience, as long as you are at least trying. Yeah. And that you're trying to take it seriously. Yes. 
So we learn some skills with them. We learn uh, hurdles. Yes, they learn how to hurdle things. Uh, they learn how to wall run. Yeah, which is cool as hell. Yeah, which is a big one because it is a skill from Mirror's Edge. Yes. Simply like vaulting over stuff is also in Mirror's Edge, but like the wall run is a bigger part of it. Absolutely. They don't really do anything with like clearing gaps, which is a big part of Mirror's Edge. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of big things about, they do a lot of things about balancing, which I don't think is a Mirror's Edge thing. Okay. I don't think you spend a lot of time like balancing on beams, at least until. I think it's a skill that. I think it's like a building block skill, though. Like, I think you need a certain level of balance to be able to do other things. Yeah, that makes sense. So, they all try it to like various degrees of success. There's only a few moments where people like biff and like fall. No, and nobody really eats it. Well, there's the one guy who, when he tries to do the wall run, just kind of walk, walks into the wall and goes, nope, and turns back around. Which is a whole mood. And then once they've got enough training, then it's time for the the test. They start with the first test, and I immediately kind of get upset with this. Yeah. Uh, where it's just them balancing on a beam. Mm-hmm. And on one side, they fall basically into the arms of the trainer. Mm-hmm. If they fall the other way, it looks like they fall a great distance. Yeah. But you never see the ground. So I assume there are, like, there's a crash pad there. Right. And this is not me saying, crash pad wimps. So it's just like, I think this is what's happened. But the length that they have to go is maybe 10 steps. And then they have to hit a button. This is not parkour. Parkour means like a bullet. It's about getting from one place to the other as quickly as, as possible. possible. So a 10, like that's not how parkour really works. It's just like, yeah, we're going to walk 10 st- steps and be done. The fact that it's not a course, it's just this one moment makes it a little lame in my opinion. Yeah. And like, it's a balance beam, but it's not like, it doesn't look that hard. Yeah. Like, I'm not athletic, and I'm, I've been in enough situations where it is crystal clear how not athletic I am. Mm-hmm. But I looked at that and went, I can do this. Yeah, the, the fact that it's, this would have been a great obstacle as part of a course. Yes. and Because I immediately looked at you and said, this should be a course. Mm-hmm. They then go to the next thing, which is a bit of a course. Yes. Where they have to jump off of something high into a crash pad and do like a roll. Yeah, they have to roll through it. And then they jump over some barrels yeah. and have to hit a button. I, they have to wall run. Is there a wall run in here? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think that's the easiest way to get over the barrels is to do a wall run. Okay. But you can hurdle over them. Uh, so they all do that. And then the final challenge involves them jumping over barrels, going under obstacles, and doing a dive roll. Yes. Where there's a small opening created by caution tape. You dive through it head first and then you roll. And that pack goes. Then you come up to the caution tape. Caution tape, you have to do a dive roll. Oh, over hey. the blue barrels over here. It's, it's also worth mentioning, you, you haven't taught us a dive roll yet. Like, this, you're just kind of throwing in stuff. At hey, that's the way it goes. That's, that's how much faith he has in us. <laughs> and also, once you hit the first obstacle, someone chases you. Yes. And I think this is an element, like, this is the best part to me. Yes, because it's I- the most video game-like. And, like, I feel like if they had did this more and made the course longer, Mm -hmm. it would have been more interesting. 
I think we would have seen a lot of these people gas out. Mm-hmm. But like, I think that's part of it is like seeing them fail. Yeah. I feel like we don't see enough of them. They all, for some reason, seem kind of effortlessly good at it. Even though it's hard, like they all do much better than you would expect. Yeah. And I think it kind of ruins it a little because I think part of what's fun is seeing people you like struggle and then get better. Yes. And we don't see them struggle enough. Yes. Also, a huge problem with this episode is kind of the problem we talk about a lot with Escape the Night. Mm -hmm. They all want to be the center of attention. So they talk over each other constantly. Think of the video games where they're able to adjust their position in <laughs> midair, and you're like, physically, that's not possible. Yeah, no, the physics on that, did that just didn't work at all. What? And this is the worst episode with it. Yes. It doesn't. It's not as bad in other episodes. Because I'm the. I, I said to you, I was like, I bet this was the proof of concept. I yes. Bet this was them filming a pilot. To see if YouTube Red would pick it up because it seems to be the cheapest. Yes, it definitely is the least expensive. Uh, but we find out later that that is not true. Yeah, they're not aired in the order we thought they were. The first one they did was um, the third episode aired, which is based off Keep Talking and No One Explodes. Right. So this episode, I, I should mention. And when they get into the courses, they also have very stylized Mirror's Edge costumes. Yes. Which is important because they do this for every episode. Yes. I feel like a lot of the budget goes to costuming. Yeah. Uh, but I should mention that I have seen this episode before. Oh. Uh, I don't think I've ever mentioned this to you. But there was a time where I was considering getting YouTube Red for this show. Okay. Because I'm a huge MatPat fan. Yes. And they, uh, they had this episode online for free. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching it being like, if this is all the show is, I don't think I care for it. Because it, like, I couldn't hear them because they were talking over each other. And, like, the idea of taking a video game and then playing it for real is an interesting concept. Yeah. But Mirror's Edge is based off of parkour. It's not like Mirror's Edge created this and they were like, can we do this in real life? This is one step away of saying the video game franchise known as Madden playing something known as football. Today, we're going to try football for real. It's like, no, everyone has done this. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little different because parkour is a less popular sport. It's one step beyond that is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I... Um, I really like Matt Pat. One of the reasons I really like Matt Pat is he does remind me a lot of you and his mannerisms. Yeah. So I am like inclined to defend him just because he reminds me a lot of you. Mm -hmm. And this does seem like a thing you would do. In that we've done it. Yes. <laughs> that I've had two birthday parties doing it. And we, um, one thing that doesn't feel true to life is no one gets hospitalized. No one gets hospitalized. And at your birthday parties, we have a one or two hospitalization per birthday party. I will say. It, based on what happens throughout this entire series, it's amazing no one gets hospitalized. It's like shocking. So, I was kind of down on this show at this point. Episode 2 blows the first one out, out of the, the water. water. Because they're like, we're going to play Rocket League. And, and immediately I'm skeptical, like, no you're not. 
And then they do. Uh, uh, turns out, guys, because I didn't know this, car soccer is real. Yeah, it turned out car soccer was real. And it's Matt Pat and I believe Captain Sparkle. It is, yes. And it, this episode's much better in that it's just Matt Pat and one other person. Yeah, and it's also better because they figure out how to do the other graphics a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, we have a counter in the bottom left corner of how many times there is a collision. Mm-hmm. And that kind of thing works really well. And we don't have that in the first episode. Right. The first episode does feel like a pilot because mm-hmm. so many things in the rest of the show are missing. Yeah. We'll, we'll kind of rock it through this episode. Uh, because unlike parkour, we've never played car soccer. Uh, but they they play car soccer and... They're in cars that they say are worth $50. Yes. And Matt Pat has this weird moment of like... They're probably $50 cars at most. Uh, wow. $50? That, wait, that can run? Should I be concerned about my safety when I'm hopping into a $50 car and getting ready to drive into another $50 car? Yeah, today we're not going to hit anybody. We're- One of the collisions actually is in the driver's side door. I have no idea when this happened. I have no idea. <laughs> Although in retrospect, now that I look at this, I am terrified. Look at this. Like, this is inches from where I was sitting. There was like, if Ryan told us one thing, it's like, don't hit the driver's side door. There you go. Seriously, I have no idea how we survive this. But they do, they play Rocket League and it's kind of fun because we watch one of the giant soccer balls get skinned. Cause like it gets stuck in the door. Yeah, because it's a bunch of jagged metal. So it's like getting caught on things. but this is the one where they actually argue something that's in the game. Yeah. When you have the chance to hit the ball, do you hit it head on? Or do you pull the brake and try to like hit it with the back of your car? And they try to do both. And there's different, like, there's a reason to do each. Yeah. Like the fact that there is like a gameplay element to this. And watching Matt Pat learn to Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh- the unbelievable thing is Matt Pat's like, I'm so scared we're all going to die. Yes. And we actually see, like, from inside his car at one point, where he's sitting still and two cars just crash in front of him, which must be terrifying. You watch him visibly almost poop himself. But then moments later, the ball comes by and he reaches his arm out the window to grab it. It's not a good choice. And I'm just like, you're holding... The thing that people are trying to run into with a car. What are you doing? <laughs> Matt Pat, you're very smart, except for right at this moment. At this moment. But it's a lot of fun. Yes. Like this episode, we don't have a lot of notes, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of fun to watch. They do play Captain Sparkles and uh, Matt Pat play. Matt Pat wins. Yes. And he gets a trophy, but Captain Sparkles gets a. The grill of the car he destroyed? Yeah. And I kind of think Captain Sparkles got the better prize. Which is much cooler. And in this episode, I don't remember this happening in the parkour episode because I wanted something like this. Matt Pat does like a recap. Yeah. Where he's like... When it comes to Rocket League versus real life precision driving, there's a lot of interesting parallels. First off, one of the things that you don't think of when you're playing the game is field of vision. I don't see the goal right now. 
So as you're approaching that ball in real life, it is taking up your entire field of vision. You don't see other cars coming at you from the other end. You don't really see anything around you. You no longer see the goal. And the same would be true in Rocket League. It's not something you have to deal with because of that third person perspective, but it's an interesting thing to think about. Were you actually playing the game in real life? So I think that's definitely worth calling out. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the science I want out of this show. Yes, this as is. silly as the show is, like this is what we're grounding everything in. So, like, I really enjoyed it. This show, this episode is considerably better than the Mirror's Edge episode. Mm-hmm. I really wish this was the episode. If, had this been the free episode, I may have bought you two bread. And I like the fact that, like, since there's only two people, Captain Sparkles isn't really actively uh, competing for attention. He's able to just get attention without it being like, me, me now. Mm-hmm. And you're able to hear from him and talk to him in a way that doesn't feel frustrating. Yes. Like, I feel like he gets a better experience and he gets better exposure. Yeah. And he doesn't have to look like as much of a jerk. Out of all the people I didn't know when they showed up on this show, he was the one that I was like, I kind of want to check out his YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, so the third episode, which is the first one filmed, and I'm surprised this wasn't the one that they used as the pilot or the free one. Yeah. Because this one is the Game Grumps and Laser Corn. Yes. And they do Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Yes. Which is a game I'm afraid of. I love this game. We've never played it. No, because I feel like I would get frustrated and freaked out. Okay, do you want to play it? No. Do you want to play it for the show? No. Will you do it as a bonus episode? No. One dollar to nofoolahan at gmail.com. Why are you getting paid for this? I'll give you 50 cents. I don't like it. (laughs) It's, it's such a good game. The idea is... Uh, I found all the chocolate... Oh, I put espresso chocolate chips at the bottom of the overnight security, and I'm just finding all of them now. So here's what I especially love about this episode. This is the Keep Talking, No One Explodes episode, which if you don't know how Keep Talking, No One Explodes works, is one person has a bomb in front of them. Another person has the instructions on how to deactivate it in front of them. And they don't get to see each other's information. So they have to communicate right, in order to uh, deactivate this bomb. And then they have these bomb experts who are basically like, that's not true. None of that is true. Oh, I love these guys. Yeah, these guys are great because they're constantly handing them bombs and they're like, defuse this. And that guy immediately blows up because they hand him a bag and they're like, there's a bomb in there. Like, deal with it. And he opens the zipper and that's what causes it to explode. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's more realistic to bombs. Yeah, they show all the ways that um, bombs can be, some of them are light sensitive. Uh, If there's a timer, the timer is probably intentionally inaccurate. Yes, which is something I never thought of, but of course. Like, I understand the drama they add in a TV show, but if you were to actually put a timer on a bomb, why have it go off at zero when you can make it go off at any time? Some of them are temperature, which that one I did know mm-hmm. uh, from Heather's The Musical. <laughs> I knew that from Metal Gear Solid. Those are bombs. <laughs> um, so they play essentially a real version of Keep Talking, Nobody Explodes, where they put uh, MatPat... And Aaron from Game Grumps in these, like, hardcore hazmat suits. Yes. 
And then Danny and Laserhorn are the uh, ones with the manual. But I love the fact that it's, they go up to these bomb experts and they're like, so this is keep talking to when it explodes. His, this, is this accurate? And the bomb experts go, no. And then they do keep talking to when it explodes anyway. <laughs> well, and they do like some mythbusters stuff. Like they talk about like the red wire versus the green wire. Like, does that matter in real life? And he goes, no, it's a matter of what's connected to, not the colors. Yeah. Like, why would someone use that instructions to build the bomb? <laughs> yeah. So they they kind of show that everything and keep talking, no one explodes is inaccurate. Mm-hmm. But then they still have to do the second half of the show. Yes. So they just rig up something. Uh, the game grumps are so funny in this. Yes. Because, <laughs> like... You're supposed to, they're using walkie-talkies, so they say over. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, like, stop yelling at me. Over. Yeah, and they're, they clearly work together all the time. They know each other well. It's a little bit seamless. Including, like, when Danny messes up and he's like, yeah, that's a thing or whatever. The, the thing or whatever. Yeah. Over. Yeah, we're totally cool. No tripwires. Over. Ah, shit, I almost fell over. Over, over. Okay, locate the serial number. Over. Okay, I've got the serial number. It is 3125. Over. Does it have any stars on it? It has three stars. Over. Okay, cut the third wire. Hold on, I'm getting a text from my mom. My mom says she loves you. Uh, over. Like, they're so unbelievably funny because they're so, like, in sync with each other. Yeah, and I would think this would be a better proof of concept episode because the Game Grumps are one of the bigger Let's Play YouTubers. Yeah. Like, I think they're third behind Mark and PewDiePie. Yeah. In terms of pure Let's Play channels. And it's amazing to me that... Matt and Lasercorn are trying their hardest to win. Uh, Danny and Aaron are being funny, but are also so in sync that amongst all the jokes, they still win. And they also do not fix the tripwire, so their timer is going much faster yes. than Lasercorn and Matt Pat. Right up until the end of the challenge, mm-hmm. it looks like Matt Pat and Lasercorn are going to win until the very last moment when. Um, Danny and Aaron defuse their bomb and Matt Pat blows up. Yes, it's great. Uh, this is a super fun episode and like everyone kind of gets time to shine. It like, there are four people again, but they're also separated so they can't talk over each other anymore. And what they're actually learning is very interesting. Yeah, and having them be in pairs, like there's four people. But you can kind of make Danny and Aaron a unit. Yes. Because they know each other so well and they interact so well. Uh, so that one's a lot of fun. Uh, the next one is the Metal Gear Solid episode. Yes. Uh, this one has my favorite expert. Yes, this dude is great. Uh, he reminds me of the urban legend about your dad. <laughs> my dad looks like John Cena's father. Yes. He looks more like John Cena's dad than John Cena's dad does. And he looks more like John Cena's dad than your dad. Yes. 
And there's been many a times where I've been doing a comedy show where my father has shown up and people have been like, that's your dad? He must be so disappointed. <laughs> and he is. Shout out to Timmy. Um, so they're doing stealth and military stealth. So they're on a military base. Mm-hmm. And he's joined by Peter Butter Gamer. Shout out to the Peanut Butter Gamer, friend of the show, because we met him once at a convention. Uh, and who else was there? David Odom. David Odom. And Katie Wilson. Yes. And they're learning how to actually be stealthy. And what's great about this guy is everyone's trying to do the thing where they make lots of jokes. Yeah. And when you make a joke, the expert makes you do push-ups. If you were to take a cardboard box, you were to put it over your head and just kind of crawl around, and then every now and then if the guards are coming by, you just stop? Like, would that be effective? Um, I think you doing push-ups until I'm tired would be more effective than that. So you can, yeah. Like right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. You so deserve this. Yeah, I loved this episode because it was a man who was not putting up with any shenanigans. Yeah, yeah you can do push-ups until I'm done talking. Oh. <laughs> and it, it's very funny because this episode really reminds me of you because you are famously awful at stealth. Stealth games are my kryptonite. You sucks so bad at stealth. Yes, and like I love the Batman games and anytime I have to do like, you know, stealthily take down all the armed guards, that's that's 20 minutes. There's no like zooming around choking people out. It takes me forever cuz I'm so bad at it. Yeah, when you're saying 20 minutes, I'm like, mm, "Sure, Jan." 2 hours later. <laughs> um so this episode is a lot of fun. I love the part where the um, the expert teaches them how to choke him out. Yes. Because one, none of the three of them are strong enough to choke him out. Right. And Katie, who I really like in this episode, she is the first one to try. They, I noticed there's a pattern in this show that when there is a woman, she has to do things first. Yeah, I've noticed this as well. And Katie... Like snakes her arm around the guy's neck, pulls back the way she's supposed to. He taps, and she goes, "Did I do it?" And he goes, "Yes." And she, for want of a better, there is no better term. She flounces. She does a flounce. She does a happy. She murdered a man. Yeah, she does like this joyful flounce. And I have never related to another human being harder in my life. (laughs) She is great in that part. I like her a lot in this one. So, uh, they learn how to, like, properly crawl on their belly without making noise. Yeah, which you lift yourself up a little bit, which is a thing I didn't know. Uh, what I really enjoyed is how to cut through a fence. And... They sh- all suck at it real bad. Yeah, but they show you that, like, the best way to do it is to cut it in a certain way that you can replace it. Yeah. Which I had never thought of. It's like, of course. And what's funny is Matt Pat actually says, like, what about hiding in a cardboard box? And he's like, no, that's dumb. And then for the challenge, it's him and Peanut Butter Gamer versus Odom and, and Kate. What was her name? Katie. Katie. Uh, and Peanut Butter Gamer and Matt Pat are trying to sneak in, steal something, and leave. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Matt Pat is moving along, and Odom shows up, and Matt hides in a box, and it works. And he's so happy about it. He's like, I'm in a box. Just like Metal Gear Solid. 
so they attempt to uh, steal this thing, but they both get caught. Yes. So they, they play again, and you would think, oh, they're going to switch teams. But no, it's all four of them. Yes. Versus the expert. And the expert is being a really good NPC. Because, like, he's doing searches, but he's also, like, whistling. Yeah, like, he is throwing them every conceivable bone. Yeah. And yet. And yet, he, like, after he's kind of done screwing with them for a little bit, because it should be mentioned that in the first game, they start cutting through the fence, and Pat's like, it's open. We can just open it. And then they slip inside. But they, when they're playing against the expert, the expert captures Matt Pat and steals his radio and then just stands there, like, listening to, to everyone else talk, like, I'm hiding under the Humvee. Where are you guys? And then eventually just goes, I have your friend's uh, radio. You want to come get his body? <laughs> He's such a badass. And uh, the, he... Handily captures all four of them. Katie last. Yes. Katie lives the longest. And when they were like, wow, how'd you get us? He goes, I saw you all coming through the gate. <laughs> so, like, the whole thing is that they... Are terrible. They're playing, like, hide-and-go-seek with the Terminator. Yes. Who finds them before... He's got a good showmanship because he lets them do a thing so that there's a show... And what's fun is, like, objectives are, like, grab the thumb drive, exit with it, choke out JP if needed. Yes. And I would have loved if there had been a moment where one of them just snuck up behind a military man and tried to choke him. And had it not be him? Yeah, and have his, like, training kick in. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yikes. And the only disappointing thing about this episode is MatPat at the end is, like, let some things up. You know, the importance of being quiet. The cardboard box turns out it does work. Uh, And then he goes, let's do one more game where we're the guards and you, the expert, infiltrate on us. And he's like, game on. And they all run back inside and credits roll. And I was like, damn, I really want to see that. Well, I think the joke is that he was so quick that there was no footage. I I guess. my, My worry is... He choked somebody out. Like, he just snuck up behind Peanut Butter Gamer and he's like, choking he cries. <laughs> I would cry if a military man started choking me. Uh, but this, yeah, another, like, home run episode. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, the next episode is where I took my, uh, my beverage from. It's the Five Nights at Candies episode. Yes. Which, uh, I find it super funny that this is the one they couldn't get copyright for. Yes, he explains that Five Nights at Freddy's is having a movie soon. Yes. So, like, doing something like this may get him in trouble with Blumhouse. Mm -hmm. And I I say this a lot. I think MatPat is the best YouTuber. Yeah. Because I was watching him recently, and he basically did an episode on Moneyball. Yes. On, like, how to spend your money correctly to get a winning team. And in it, he he's, wants to talk about the New York Yankees. Yes. And he can't say the New York Yankees without getting demonetized. Mm-hmm. 
So as he's about to say Yankees, like a, a horn plays. And he's like, really? I can't say the New York and the horn. And he goes, all right, fine. I guess uh, the New York doodle dandies. Now, I'll say New York Yankees because we're not a monetized channel. But, like, the fact that Matt Pat knows YouTube law well enough to be like, I'm going to do an episode about the Yankees, but I'm not going to say Yankees so I can make all my money, really shows the research this dude does. Yeah. And what he's, his craft is. Because uh, everyone knows about, like, coronavirus not being a thing you can say because you have the extended metaphor of the Backstreet Boys reunion tour. Yes. From yes. Game Grumps, which I find hilarious. Or the Steve Carino virus, as all the wrestling YouTubers have been calling Which is very weird for me because that's a person I have been acquainted with. Yes, it's a person I know. So I w- I'm like, your friend? Yeah, my buddy Steve. <laughs> your friend Steve. Um, so this one is Trisha Hirschberger. Uh, Vernon Shaw from Hot Pepper Gaming. Yes. And Rob Gavigan, who I believe is credited as Rob Dyke. Yes. Um, but his name on Wikipedia is not that. Oh, interesting, because we talked about how he should change his name. <laughs> how that's got to be, having your last name be a slur has got to be a very weird way to go yeah. through the world. Um, so this is... Five Nights at Candy's. So they meet in a uh, mock-up of a restaurant. They meet on a set. Yes. Ow, my elbow. Um, And this is the first time, for some reason, this is the one. They're all sitting in a booth. And Matt Pat, like, touches Hot Pepper Gaming's shoulder. And I have, like, a weird Rona moment of, like, you're you're not sitting far enough apart and you just touched somebody. Stop it. do that. And they're talking to... One of the lead designers of the Blackout Haunted House. Yes, which is a thing I've researched extensively because I find this so interesting. Yeah, you and I actually have watched several documentaries. Yes. On haunted houses. Yeah, I'm not sure how much... Like, Blackout is touched upon in that documentary we watched. But basically, it was in New York. Mm -hmm. And uh, this one, like, really makes you uncomfortable in that they can touch you. Yes. Uh, there's been reports of people going through being handcuffed, uh, being stabbed with fake needles, and uh, being approached by naked individuals. Yes. So, like, it's very upsetting. And unlike McCainy Manor, which is the other thing that we watched. We've watched, yeah, we've done a lot of research on McCainy Manor. Um, you have, if you say safety, they stop everything. Yes. And the other interesting thing about Blackout is they basically stop if you say anything. Yes. And that's my defense mechanism, is talking out loud. So, like, I could never survive in this because, like, you can't talk. It's like, well, I need to comment on absolutely everything I see. So this dude shows up and is like, yeah, I'm really good at horror. I basically recreated Five Nights at Candy's for you. Yes. So they, they're not able to watch each other go. Because they, they don't want to spoil it because it's a horror movie. But the important notes of this is they have a phone guy. Hello? Hello, hello. And welcome to your Five Nights at Candy's Horror Challenge. Because nothing says terror quite like robots and animal costumes roaming around an 80s era themed restaurant. <laughs> uh, if you think that joke was bad, you should try the hamburgers. 
Now I'm sure you're all familiar with the game. Monitor the security cameras, keep the animatronics out of your office, shut the door for protection, blah, blah, blah. But there are a few differences. First, you're not staying here for six hours. What do you think we are, maniacs? Um, <clears throat> no, just one. Uh, one solid hour of you alone in the dark. Well, not alone, exactly. That meter on the desk monitors how much energy the room has. Using things like lights and doors and cameras uses that power up and oh, fast. Shit. Let it run out, and the doors will be stuck open. And at that point, just hope that the time expires before you do. Oh. <clears throat> uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, yeah. Uh, cameras will sometimes go offline, uh, wiring and all that, and the door controls are actually on the door. Yeah, you gotta get up and push those suckers. Did you think they were for decoration? Okay. Oh, and speaking of, feel free to move. You can even leave the room if you want. This isn't a video game after all. <laughs> uh, but okay, cameras, I'm gonna need you to freaking work right now, please. Oh, what the hell is that? <laughs> Oh, shoot. Okay, okay, okay. Think, think, think. Yeah, you don't have to stay in the office the way you have to stay in the office in. But the office is probably the safest place for you. Which feels like such a, like, Check Chekhov's off. gun. Yeah. Because uh, I complained about this after we watched the episode, so that's why you knew the exact term I was going to use. Um, of, you want to see what happens when they leave. And this seems like a really good psychological trick of convincing someone this is where they're safest. Mm-hmm. When, like, there might in all actuality be a really, truly safe corner somewhere else that they don't know about. Mm -hmm. But if you can scare them into not leaving this space, and he successfully does, none of the four of them leave the space. Yes. And basically, they check the cameras. There are, there's doors to the left and right of them. Yes. That these, like, animatronic, which are people in fursuits, can walk down. And then there's also a window in front of them that... They, like, bang on to scare them. Yeah, which is a lot of fun. Um, Everyone, they make Trish go first because they make the woman go first all the time. Mm -hmm. And she lasts, uh, you're, the way they do it, they're not making you stay in there for six hours. Yeah. They're kind of speed running it. Every minute is a second. Well, they they actually say it's an hour. Like, the whole experience is an hour. Yes. Um, But when they run the timer, like, every minute is about a second in real time. So you're trying to last until 6 a.m., quote, quote. Uh, Outside of MatPat, no one makes it past 4 a.m. before running out of energy. Yeah. And getting... um, They they do have a warning before. If you want to watch the show, uh, they do have an epilepsy warning. Yeah. Because this is very stroby. It is very strobe. So if you're looking for clips of this episode, because there's probably clips of all these on YouTube somewhere. I believe... Actually, I, I know this episode was made available for free. Because ah. I watched this episode once before we watched it together. Okay. Because I was like, oh, because I think this is the episode everybody wanted. Yes. And out of all of them, this one contains the least amount of science. Yes. And what I really wish had happened, because I remember saying to you, like, how long was this episode? And it turns out this episode is one of the longest episodes. Yes. The but longest episode of Metal Gear Solid. This is the third longest episode. It, it feels so short because there's no training in this one. No. Whether they like learn things about fear, which I think would have been really great. 
And I think what is really missing, because they cut to the designer, like, being the puppet master, uh, master watching this, and Steph, Matt Pat's wife and host of uh, GT Live, is, like, seated behind him. I would have loved to have heard him say things like, at 1 a.m., air quotes, this stuff happens. At 2 a.m., this stuff happens. By 5 a.m., he should run out and experience this. Like, we never see the true design of the game. Yeah. And how he has manifested these scares to make them intense, but grow in intensity and make you feel like you have agency, which is such an important thing to what the show is. Yeah, and like really going into like the psychology of like why Five Nights at Freddy's is scary. Or Five Nights yeah. at Candy's, rather. Why Five Nights at whatever is scary. Yes. So this is like, it's fun. They talk about it a little bit in the recap and they go like, nothing's scarier than the unknown. Yeah. The real fear is the friends we made along the way. Like. Yeah. Th- this episode is fun, but it's not a good episode of Game Lab. Correct. Especially after having seen the Rocket League and the Metal Gear Solid episode. Yeah. So like, I really wish they had tacked on an extra five minutes for this episode. I agree. The next episode is the shortest episode. Feels the shortest, but is so much fun. Mm -hmm. This one is based on Final Fantasy XV. XV, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry. Uh, This one's based on Final Fantasy XV. It is the last one they shot. Yes. But it is not the last one that airs. Mm -hmm. And they must have known this was not going to be the last one to air because the last one that airs very obviously knows it's the last one to be aired. Uh, they're riding ostriches because they're riding chocobos. Yes. And I think this is a missed opportunity because they, uh, this is supposed to be like chocobo racing in from Final Fantasy XV. The fact that they never joust is so upsetting because joust actually uses ostriches. And like, you could have had a double whammy of racing and jousting, but I guess they don't joust well. I'm going to get, considering they didn't go around the track correctly most of the time, uh, I'm going to assume that they didn't want to joust with the ostriches, which are living creatures. That's true. Um, (laughs) This episode... Is so much fun. It might be the best episode. Um, It's so fun. It's Sohinky? That's what it says on Wikipedia. I didn't feel like that was his name. Oh, I forget his name, but the other two guests are Steph. Yeah, his wife. His wife and Pokey Kells from the decks. Yeah. And you find out there's very much a reason for that. Yeah, it's because the ostriches have a very strict weight limit of 150 pounds? 165. 165. Because Matt Pat mentions having to cut weight and kind of like calls himself Fat Pat. Mm-hmm. 165 pounds for someone his height yeah. is not remotely fat. Yeah. I'm 175. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, but I'm, you know, I'm solid steel. Sex appeal. And sex appeal, very heavy. Uh, but I could not ride an ostrich. And just, like, an average six foot tall man is around 175, 180 pounds. Yeah. So, I would think that, like, it's a very lightweight limit. Because mm-hmm. I believe the other uh, Matt, who's the other guy, the other guy's also named Matt. Uh, 
he has to be pretty short. Yeah. And then the two women. Uh, this is the last one filmed, which makes sense that this is the one Matt's wife appears on. Yes. Uh, this is also the easiest one for, like, your wife to come to without it being, like, a thing. Yeah. And this was, I was like, this is clearly before their child was born, because you wouldn't want both parents to perish in an ostrich-related <laughs> yeah. accident. Um, but th- this is another one where, like, they basically say, you get on the ostrich and you hold on, it'll go where it wants. Yeah, and it does not always take the track. Yeah. Like, if you're, if you're going to get off, try to get off on the back of it, so the ostrich will run away from you. And this is the one where they keep referring to the waiver? Yes. Where it's like, you may be kicked, scratched, bitten, or trampled. And uh, the the graphics that we talked about a little bit before, there's a counter for how many times an ostrich attacks. Yeah, just randomly. Anyone, but mostly MatPat. <laughs> well, they, they do like a CGI graphic of like how to sit on the ostrich and center your weight. And the cartoon ostrich at one point like puts its head up, turns around, and bites the... The jockey? It's very funny. Oh, uh, I get a good laugh. And they have little jockey outfits. Yes. And Poke Kells's is my favorite. It's Pikachu. Because it's a little Pikachu outfit. Uh, Matt Pat's outfit's always green. Yes. And then everyone else kind of has another color. Uh, Stephanie's is purple, and the other Matt's is blue and red. Yes. And we see the races, and I love the way they do the graphic for the races. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they have the little ostriches in the corner. But in the one where Matt Pat gets unhorsed, or an ostriched. Yes. The Matt Pat sprite stays in place and his ostrich keeps moving. The graphics in this are top notch. Yes, it's very, very funny. And there's a great moment where he is on the ostrich and the ostrich is in its like pen, like unhappy that a human's on it. And he's like, we're all gonna die. Like, this is insane. And I find that very interesting. Because in episode one of Fear Factor, yeah, the very first Fear Factor stunt they ever did was riding bulls. Huh. And somebody flies off the bull, and as they're coming down, the bull kicks them with their back legs. Oh. And at that moment, everyone at Fear Factor said, we're never doing live animals again. Yeah. And like since then... Like, they've done, like, snakes, and, like, they did, like, baby alligators once, but they never did anything that you had to ride because they're too unpredictable. But let's take four tiny YouTubers and throw on one ostriches. I mean, they signed the waiver. This episode has everything. The expert is great because he's so comically chill. Well, this is one of those experts where, like, you signed the waiver and we got your money. Yeah, and the world of ostrich racing doesn't really have an expert. Like It does. It's this guy. Well, like, they ask, like, is there a league? Like, is there prize money? And he's like, no, you sign the waiver and you get on the ostrich and you hope for the best. Meh. <laughs> like, there's clearly been very little research done on this at all. Oh, I loved it. But this guy is the most knowledgeable about it. I love it. This episode's a lot of fun. It's the, This might be the best episode. And it's very simple. It's just them racing the ostriches. Uh, Pokecales wins. Yes. And then Matt Pat 
Pepe, Mepe comes No, last. you're right. Because he always comes in first or last. He yes. never comes in like second or third. Because they, they he loses the, the uh, first race. Yeah, the other Matt comes in second, then Steph, then yeah. Matt Pat. Because he races his wife in like the losers match. And that's when... He's ostrich, unhorsed. The ostrich just goes wherever it feels like. Including not with Matt Pat on it anymore. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, because there's also a moment where like... They they have uh, Pokekel's ostrich and they put a wreath around its neck. Oh my god, I love like this. Like it's the Kentucky Derby. And I guess this fills the ostrich with confidence and it just takes off like through the camera crew. And my favorite shot in any of these episodes is a producer jumping back with his hand over his heart like, ah! like we almost get killed by this giant bird. Oh, it's so great. And I am... Uh, very afraid of birds. Yes, I know this. Uh, I was attacked by a bird last week, and I'm not over it. And it was not an ostrich. No, it was like a... It was a tiny brown bird. It was gray. Yeah. Uh, I want to point out, though, about a day later, we were out for a walk, and a lady with a dog stopped us and asked if we'd been attacked by birds. So they're right. aggressive. It's not very personal. Common. Yes. Um, so we get two more episodes we got to talk about here. Yeah, I really hate birds, though. <laughs> Uh, the next one is watch underscore dogs. Yes. This one is, um, they, they always have their like legal names on the, uh, what's it called? Well, we get the guy from King of the Nerds, Josen. Uh, yeah. Jovenshire. Jovenshire. Yeah. Joven. Uh, and then we have, uh, I forget who the other two are. Vsauce. Vsauce. Yeah. Vsauce three is there. Uh, friend of the show. I met him at too many games once. So friend of the show. And um, uh, Pamela Horton, who was Miss October, and she was uh, the Playboy Playmate of the Month, and she's a uh, a gamer. Is she Miss October, or was she in the film Miss October? She was Miss October in Playboy. Okay. Um, I thought she might have been in the White Kids You Know movie. No, and she uh, she actually was promoting Bayonetta. Oh, okay. Which, if you look at her, she looks. Like Bayonetta. Yes. And we're, we're going to learn hacking techniques here. Uh, and this is one of the best, like, science-y ones. It's one of the least watchable, though. But one of the least watchable ones. Because basically they explain what a pineapple is, which is like, I have this device and I can basically get into all of your phones right now. Yeah, like they get Matt Pat's social security number. And for this one in particular, they're doing, like, hacking. But... They also don't want to tell you how to do it. Yeah. So a lot of it is not being shown or is blurred out. Yeah. So this this episode's actually incredibly unenjoyable because you're not learning a lot. Well, there is like a fun moment where like they're going to hack this guy's laptop. Yeah. The challenge is fun. The challenge is But the first fun. like 15 minutes of the episode are kind of boring. Yeah. And the hackers are cool. Yeah, they're super cool. Johnny Christmas and Snubs. <laughs> Johnny Christmas. What a great name. And then uh, when they put them in the... the I, we have to talk about the costumes in this episode. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Vsauce looks cool as hell. Yes. Pam looks cool as hell. Yeah. Like, she looks super hot. Jovenshire and Matt Pat look like horrible. dweebs. They look Horrible. They look so dweeby. And it's great because Jovenshire uh, looks the worst, in my opinion. Oh, He's definitely. He's got this like, red collared shirt on and then a hoodie over top and like a red baseball cap askew. And I was like, man, he looks terrible. And then we watched the behind the scenes video 
And Tim's sitting there like, God, I love my costume. As soon as I put this on, I was like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a bit And I watched King of the Nerds. Right. Um, I, for some reason, was weirdly into King of the Nerds. Yeah, it was a fun show. It wasn't great, but it was fun. Unfortunately, it did run two seasons. Yes. Uh, so we can't cover it for here. But that's how I knew who Joven Shire was. So I wanted to like him more than I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode is just, up until the challenge, it's kind of boring. Yeah, but it does kick it into high gear. Excuse me, King of the Nerds ran three seasons. Oh my goodness. Uh, but they do kick it into high gear for the challenge, and the challenge is a lot of fun. And uh, th- they succeed. <laughs> yes. Like, there's there's not like a winning in this one. It's like succeed or fail. Uh, it's a fun episode. Um, I actually learned some stuff. Mm-hmm. And like when Matt Pat does like the breakdown at the end, it's like, so what did we learn? Hacking is super easy. Yeah. Like it's not a guy at a computer like figuring stuff out. It's a guy hitting a button and then it's done. Two, it's your fault that it's so easy. Like it's because you want convenience over safety. And three, Google is our overlords. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's a very weird cautionary tale, because the one thing they tell you is, like, don't use public Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. which I tend not to anyway. Um, but, man, after watching this, you're like, mm, they were using public Wi-Fi again. Well, it's amazing, because you have these hackers whose job it is to, like, show you how people steal your identity, being like, don't use public Wi-Fi. And Matt Pat immediately goes, but I gotta check the internet. Yeah, he's... <laughs> Which I, I would have figured Matt Pat would be savvier for some reason. Yeah. He's not. And this is the only one that I was like, it's a shame that this is a YouTube Red uh, episode. Yeah. Because I would expect this to end with an advertisement for NordVPN, which is the VPN that advertises on YouTube constantly. Yes. And I, this is the only moment where I was like, oh. Think about all the money they could have made if they had advertising, but they don't. What a bummer. Yeah. So that's just a random thought. Uh, so let's let's talk about For Honor. <laughs> this was I, I, this was my least favorite episode. Really? Yeah. I like this one. I just couldn't like stay interested in this because I really like the quest, mm-hmm. and this was. Shitty the quest. Yeah. The the they're joined by Ronnie, rest in peace, uh, who is part of Team Theorist. Yes. And also the super beard bro. Who you love. Who are my favorite YouTubers. I know, I felt bad not liking this it's episode. Alex Fasciani yep. and uh, Gerard Dragon Rider Khalil, the completionist, also known as Big Bad Boss's friend of the show because we met him once at a convention. Oh my god. <laughs> There is definitely a weird picture of all of us from that there convention. Is. There is a very weird picture of um, us. Also, I, I I met Gerard at Too Many Games and I asked him to wrestle me and he was like, no. <laughs> I'm so tired. I flew in from LA. I'm not wrestling today. I was like, okay, bud. <laughs> I, I cannot emphasize this enough. You should probably have more than one conversation with someone before, uh, <laughs> before opening with... Can I wrestle? I've watched you do this on multiple occasions. I had that conversation with Gerard. I've had that conversation with Pro Jared. And I had that conversation with uh, Pat the NES Punk. 
You also had that conversation with Tommy Dreamer. I did have that conversation with Tommy Dreamer. I was like, hey, man, if you're not doing anything, you can come hit me with a Singapore cane. He was like, no. <laughs> You'd have to pay me for that. Now, credit to Tommy Dreamer. He did come into the locker room, and he was extraordinarily pleasant. If this is your first episode listening to Stay Doomed, you must think we're the weirdest fucking people. <laughs> I mean... If this is your first episode of Stay Doomed, you must wonder how Noah hasn't broken his leg tripping on all the names he drops. Yeah. <laughs> um, Instead, I just had to wrestle Keith Apicary. Oh my God. Who I know from the roast of the angry video game nerd. I loathe you. <laughs> I love you too. Anyway, Ugh. this episode Gross. is about... Uh, learning how to sword fight. Yes. And they mention For Honor over and over again in this episode. Which is like a game I'm not that familiar with. It's a game I'm not familiar with. And like sword fighting is something that you could pick multiple games for. Yes. And there's a moment where they're sword fighting. Matt Pat says, this is just like For Honor. Hashtag not spawn. And I was like, oh, there's no reason for you to have chosen For Honor for this. And For Honor doesn't actually come out until six months later. I'm wondering if it was because this was going to be a big game. Uh, because For Honor doesn't come out till 2017. These episodes aired in summer of 2016. Interesting. So I thought this was a weird choice of game. Yeah, I, I would have thought you could have gone in a lot of other directions. This feels like a LARP. And like, not a good LARP. Yeah, the challenge for this one is you have very specific choreography you must do. Yeah. And if you fail it, you have to, like, go back and try again. Right. And I don't think they do the best job explaining how sword fighting works. No. Because I've taken some uh, stage combat because I've done some sword fighting and some plays. As have I. And, like, I heard them say, like, attack one, two, three, four, and then five is an overhead. Uh, and I hear that and I was like, I really wish you explained what those numbers meant a little clearer instead of just shouting them because like the show should help you learn stuff. Yeah. The training montage in this feels very, yeah. I don't want to say lazy cause it's not really what I mean, but it feels poorly done. Yeah. Because I've taken some stage combat classes as well. Um, with varying levels of other actors getting injured and, uh, fight choreography for one. They, they should really emphasize that this is pretty dangerous. Yes. Uh, when Because I, I was in Hamlet. And I was not a fighting character in Hamlet. But I did have to learn things because I was a courtier. Uh, because I was in a college production of Hamlet, which means we didn't have enough female parts or male actors. So I was Guildenstern. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to learn, like, sword etiquette. Right. Because I, even though I was a character who never drew their sword, I had to learn how to use it. How and to ha- hold it, yeah. And I had to learn some fight choreo because Guildenstern's the one like Hamlet beats up. Mm-hmm. So it's very dangerous. Like fight, if you've ever been in a play, there's fight call. You have to run every mm-hmm. fight before the show. Because like, I remember when I was doing fight call, uh, there's a few things that I was doing. Where the, the guy actually came up to me and was like, you ha- have you ever fenced before? And I was like, no. He's like, all right, because you're doing a lot of things that are really good in fencing, but really bad for staged combat. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. He's like, yeah, just 
from now on, the point of your sword never points at the person you're fighting. Yes. Like, oh, okay, that makes sense because I don't want to stab anybody. I'm sorry, Melissa. I stabbed you. When we did, um, I did a show that had an extensive amount of hand to hand fight choreo. Okay. And during our workshop, an actress was this is Sparta kicked in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like even stage combat and fight choreo is extremely dangerous. And I feel like that was never emphasized enough. Yeah. Like, cause my only thought is that they didn't go into how to do things because they were worried about imitable acts. Mm. Uh, but that being said, really emphasizing the safety aspects would have diminished the imitable acts. If you're like, the, you know, the point never points at the other person. Mm-hmm. And then the challenges for this one are LARPy. Yeah. And it's weird because, like, the first challenge is doing this choreography of fighting. The second one is doing this choreography. And it's one of those things where, like, you fight a person, you do this specific move set, and whoever does it the fastest wins. And uh, I believe the... Team theorist Ronnie and Matt win the first one. Yes. The second one is defending. Yes. So it's the same thing, but backwards, basically. And you have to do it as fast as possible. And the Beard Bros win. Yes. The third one, they fight each other and they are judged by the expert. Yes. And Matt, Pat, and Ronnie win, which seemed obvious because the, the expert- Beard Bros lose the fight. Yes. <laughs> And the expert's also wearing Matt Pat's team colors. Very true. He's wearing because they have like the costumes and they have Team Beard Bros as Vikings. Yes. And then Team Matt Pat is knights, and they're wearing like green tunics with the uh, Game Theory logo on them. Right. Which I'm looking at because it's on your laptop. Yes, it is. So uh, it's kind of obvious who show it is. Yes, very true. And at the end of the show. They do a really interesting thing. Because they clearly know this is the last show to air. Yes. Even though it was not the last one filmed. This does look like the most expensive. So it feels like a finale. So they they pull back from this elaborate castle set. Mm-hmm. And we see everybody who works on the show. All of the extras who've been knights and vikings. Because there were a number of other people mm-hmm. in these battles. And then people who are in plain clothes who are clearly cast crew staff. Mm-hmm. And Matt Pat thanks YouTube. Matt Th- Pat thanks all of these people who've worked on the show. He thanks the viewer. And then he says, And with that, we're done with Game Lab for now. I hope you had fun watching it. We had a blast making it happen. But before we sign off one last time, I wanted to take a minute to thank everyone who made this show a success. You can probably tell it took a lot of people to make this show happen. Look, look behind me. Look at all these people. There's so many people. We are a long way off from what I'm doing in my closet every week. So thank you so much to Vanishing Angle for all the 2D reality portions, Specular Theory and their whole team for all the 360 portions, putting you in the middle of these awesome experiences. All our YouTube special guests and our experts, our beautiful locations, but most importantly of all, thanks to you guys, because without you, YouTube would have never given this show a chance. So without you supporting the channel and what we do here, none of this would have been possible. Remember, at the end of the day, it's all for you. And with that, how about a season two, YouTube? Let's make it happen. What do you guys say? Making this the only show that we've had that is outright 
asked for a season two and not right. gotten one. Right. Game Grumps had a place to go for a season two, mm-hmm. but it didn't end with Danny asking YouTube for a season two. Well, this is the, also the first non-scripted show we watched. Yes. It would have been awkward for Danny to be like, hi, I'm Alex. I'm the coach for the esports people. We but, should have a season two. But you know where it would have made sense? Hi, I'm Poppy. Please send this to series. Yeah, that's true. So I just thought that was interesting. Um, this did not... This aired in the summer of 2016. Uh, also known as the Pokemon Go Summer. Oh. Which I think may have hurt the show. Um, well, I will say this about this show that I found very interesting. MatPat actually has a video about how since he is a a high-drawing YouTuber, how he gets a gift from YouTube every year. Yeah. And it, when he got his gift, it was a middle-tier YouTuber, is how it was addressed. <laughs> That's great. And he asked about it, and he said, basically found out that gamers are never considered top-tier. Yeah. And I wonder, since this is all gaming YouTubers, if... YouTube gamers didn't turn people on to YouTube Red because gamers tend to pirate. Yeah, that's true. So that was a concern I had. I will also mention that I remember hearing that the Game Grumps did something with this show. So when they showed up on the Keep Talking Nobody Explodes episode, I was like, oh, right, here they are. My favorite YouTuber is Gerard. Yeah. I think The Completionist is fantastic. And while I will say MatPat is the best at it, Gerard is my favorite. I had no idea he appeared on this show. So, like, this came out in 2016? I've been watching Gerard for five years, and not once did I hear him say, check me out on the YouTube Red show that MatPat did. Yeah. Like, that's a huge mistake. That there was this many names on it that I didn't hear more promotion for this show. Yeah, you're right. And, like, the, we, we did watch the Game Grumps do, like, they did an episode on their Grump Out channel. It was a lot of the outtakes and a lot of the unused footage of Aaron and Dan horsing around. That's very funny. Yeah. And it's an enjoyable video. But, like, I watch a lot of Game Grumps and I remember them talking about good game a lot. Yeah. On their show. I don't remember them saying anything about MatPat. So I found this very confusing that, like, you had this number of people and no one's, like, hardcore promoting it. Yeah. I wonder if it's just, like, they forgot when it was, or they didn't know when it was going to go up, or... Maybe. I, I find that... Or they have their own projects that they're trying to push. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Uh... That's pretty much the show. Yes. It ran from June uh, June 8th, both the Mirror's Edge and Rocket League episodes dropped, and then they dropped weekly until July 20th. Yes. So they, it ran summer 2016 right during Pokemon Go. Yeah. And I think that audience, the MatPat audience, would have been super absorbed in Pokemon Go. Isn't it insane that he did, this was what, six episodes? Eight Eight episodes. Eight episodes. Not one Nintendo game was covered. I'm wondering if that's because he couldn't. I, I wonder that as well. Um, 
Because I know Nintendo like flags a lot of Let's Players for like the music and stuff like that. But like, man, like that seems to be where the money is. And like, like, oh crap, they're gonna do more falls, or they're gonna, you know, fly uh, spaceships like in Star Fox or, or stealth planes, something like that. Some sort of Mario theory or Mario play. None of that shows up in this. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of these are also things they could find a way to approximate. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Rocket League. Car soccer turned out to be real. Cool, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, Rocket League was at, at its peak when this came out. Yes. That makes the most sense. Mirror's Edge was never really a successful game. Yeah. So it's surprising that they picked that. It's probably because parkour was something easy to do. Because uh, the one that surprises me that they don't do that I think you could approximate for Nintendo, Splatoon. Yeah! Because it, you can do paintball. You could totally just do paintball. And the combat thing would be fun because people just love watching their favorites kick the crap out of one another. They did eight episodes and did two indie games. They did Keep Talking Nobody Explodes and Five Night at Candies. Yes. Like, it's very- Although, to be fair, this is peak. You had to address Five Nights. Five Nights because this is right when Five Nights was at its apex. Yeah. This is when you couldn't go into a Target or a Five Below without seeing tie-in merch. Yeah. And, like, I say this saying, like, why not do these episodes? But really, that's kind of how they should make me feel by the end of this. Right, because you should want more. I should want more. Because, like, as much as I'm saying, like, why not a Nintendo theory? Other than, I would say, the Mirror's Mirror's Edge episode being a little weak and Five Nights lacking some science. None of these episodes are bad. Yeah, and Five Nights... Should have been better. It's That's an execution problem. Yeah. That's not a show concept or episode concept issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I love this show. I so, love. I guess verdict time. Yeah, I guess verdict time. Unless you had some sort of uh, research you wanted to throw out there. No, I know uh, Matt Pat was disappointed that it didn't get picked up again. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this is a show budgetarily that you can't really do with YouTube. It's a shame because it really is close to the perfect YouTube red show. Yes. Because you took game theory and you gave it a budget. Yes. That's exactly what this is. That's exactly what YouTube red should be. This is a hundred percent a stay tuned. This is a home run. Yeah. And the fact that they don't see it that way really shows what a shame this is and how much of a failure YouTube Red is. Yeah. We have one last show that we're going to watch for the show. Don't forget to give your verdict. Oh, I would say this is a stay tuned. This is a lot of fun. Uh, There are still places to go with it. There are still guests to have on. Uh, Markiplier must have been busy the day of the Five Nights one. Yeah. Because it feels like a no-brainer to have him do it. Yeah. So I'm going to just assume... He is the king of Five Nights on Fridays. Because you could do... I mean, even something as basic as Cooking Mama. Yeah. Like, you could do a really funny Cooking Mama episode with... He's very good friends, if I recall correctly, with Nerdy Nummies. Yeah, we have Nerdy Nummies, 
uh, binging with Babish and I and you suck at cooking. I'm not sure the t- binging with Babish and you suck at cooking were around at that point. This is just what I want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could do like roller coaster tycoon with a uh, defunct land. Oh my god! And Rob plays. Rob plays and Jenny Nicholson. Oh my god! What a great episode. And then it's just Matt Pat feeling sorry for himself because I think the other three are very good friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, I really liked Good Game. Yes. And, like, it's weird. If you asked me which one I liked more, it would probably be Good Game. Yeah. Because, like, I had some good laughs and I really enjoyed it. If you asked me which one should get a season two more, it's Game Lab. I agree. Because, like, they figure it out. Like, there are problems with some of the episodes and they fix them. So season two would have come in so much stronger than season one. And, like, it would have been an opportunity for other YouTubers. Like, this show has everything. And they just drop the ball on it. It's such a shame. I 100% agree. I think this show, uh, if one of them could get a season two, it should be this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's just more places for it to go. And there's more left for it to do. Absolutely. If we go uh, by the Casper rule... Uh, this has unfinished business. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I would like to also say that I finished my drink and it was really strong. Oh boy. I finished my drink as well, but mine was not very strong because I knew I had a show to record. Mm. Guys, he's smart. Gi- he's giving me the scariest Muppet <laughs> face right now. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, next week. We are watching a reality show called Prank Academy. Yeah. Basically, for this one, we decided that we wanted to pick something that we were not super familiar with. Because all of these, I've had some sort of connection with. Lars has, like, some tiny... I like Matt Pat and I like the Game Grumps. Yes. And you knew of Poppy because of me. This one, we really don't have any connection. I have heard of BF versus GF. And I have heard of... um, Prank versus prank. Yeah, I believe they're local. They are, in fact, in Phil- so, they are like us, based out of Philadelphia. Excellent. So we're going to be watching Prank versus Prank show. Michelle prank Morrow from prank. Good Game is very, very aggressively online because uh, I retweeted last week's episode while we were filming. Yeah, and she has already liked it. Yay! So she is very online. So that's going to do it for this episode. Yes. Uh, where can people find us? Uh, you can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com, uh, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you want to talk to me about the lore of Five Nights at Freddy's, I'm at Plus Two Comedy. If you want to make fun of Noah for name dropping so much during this episode, I'm at Stay Doomed. <laughs> That's such a parental floss thing to say, friend of the show. Oh my god. If he punches you in the face next time he sees you, I'll film it and put make that the plus two comedy extra for the week. Um, so uh, shout out to Brent. Punch Noah in the face. Love you. Until next time, stay doomed. <laughs>